Welcome, welcome, welcome again to our home at home services. Uh, hopefully you've had a great week. If not, it's going to get better from now. Um, but if you have already, may this be the icing on the cake as you share in fellowship together. Um, thank you again for the warm welcome and fantastic worship. Always blessed and encouraged as we come together to share about God and his kingdom. We're going to continue on the conversations that we've been having. Uh, this year, we are looking at what it's going to look like to become a solution. And we're using the phrase solutionist. Um, maybe that will end up in the dictionary. We're really, really good that uh, we can say, I am or you are a solutionist because you provided a solution to uh, a problem. This is God's plan for us. And we are looking as to how we can get into true shape for that. So we've been talking um, about the foundation, which is to love ourselves. And it's such an unusual uh, thing that we are able to master, um, foreign to most of us, learning to love ourselves. But God asks of us that we love our neighbours as we love ourselves. And so we've made it clear that we have to be intentional about understanding how we are loving ourselves so that we have a resource with which to love our neighbor. And uh, you will have noticed that if you listen to the in-person message around this, that I gave the example that we are not only just loving our neighbor as ourselves, as in the individual, but also in terms of the time. As I'm loving myself, I'm also loving you. As I'm loving you, I'm also loving myself. And that's what God is looking for, that we become this uh, unit that truly represents the body, where the feet are loving the, the head because it's taking you to where the head is thinking. And so all of it working together really is what God is looking at when he says that we are his body. And so we're going to continue today um, I, we, we, we had a beautiful experience of the Lord's Supper in our last in-person service, but I really want to highlight what I was sharing towards the end of that uh, message or that service, was that Jesus declared that he was broken for us and that we are his body. And if we don't love ourselves, we cannot truly be doing what he's asked us, where he's told us in Romans 5, 5, that he's pouring his love in our hearts and that we are to use his love as the resource with which to love ourselves and also then love not only our neighbor, but uh, those in, in general around us in a way that God knows that we love his world. We're looking at the environmentalists at the moment who are so concerned with the lack of love their feelings being expressed for the world. But remember, John 3.16 says, God loved the world that he gave. He does everything based on his love and passion for the world. And so I'm encouraging us that we have to also manifest this trait. And I want to focus on a passage today that's taken from John 1. And John 1, uh, we identify as saying, you know, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word basically is God, and without him was nothing made that was made. It then goes on to say, in the verse that we really want to focus on today, in John 1, 14, 
And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So it's the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. And so I want you to repeat that, those words. The word became flesh. In our conversations around compassion, we were talking about how we are moved so deeply because of the love that we have been given by God to fulfill and meet the need of another who needs a solution, who needs something to intervene in their mess, their challenge. And so we established that the only way we can effectively do that is to truly love ourselves using God's love as the resource and allowing that love to flow out of us to impact the response to that situation, that person. And if God is going to give us solutions, we have to be able to unselfishly allow the love he's pouring in to be the conduit through which we upheld our communication or solving of a problem, but also facilitate that need, ensure that we are using all of that level of compassion. We talked about how it's that uh, uh, bearing of, of, of a child by a mother who brings it to full term. It may require you your dedication, your ability to understand that you're carrying something of importance. So you value where you go, what you do, because I'm on a mission, a mission that has moved me through compassion because this is what God said he so loved the world he gave that when he saw the people hungry he was moved with compassion and consistently God is telling us when he saw Lazarus and, and the, the tomb situation the people without a shepherd he was moved with compassion he tells us a story about the lost sheep and where there was 99 uh, still left but he went after the one because he was moved with compassion and so God is saying of us that we are therefore to be imitators of God. And if you look at Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, therefore, become imitators of God. It means copy him and follow his example. As well, beloved children. This means Im imitate their father. And walk continually in love. That is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion and unselfishly seeking the best for others. So that's the description. And it says, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice slain for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. And this is the amplified version. But look at these words that are used to sum up compassion in this process here. It's saying that we value one another. We practice empathy, putting ourselves in another's place, and compassion, this compelling guttural uh, physical impact that moves us to do something, moves us to act unselfishly seeking the best for others. This is the compassion that God is calling us to. And so in order that Jesus could manifest compassion, the Bible tells us in John 1 that the word became flesh. In other words, this word, this intention of God, this desire that God has, 
became flesh. Now, what you have to understand that the, the, an image is a result of the imagination. And I've shared some of this with our worship team. The image is, an, is a, a, a result of imagination. But imagination are the results of thoughts. And thoughts are unspoken words. So all of what you think has a language, a language that allows you to know and understand what you're thinking about. So if I'm thinking of an apple, I will identify that's an apple. If I'm thinking of something that has no name, I cannot really describe or articulate it. But usually we can find words to describe what we see and eventually we'll give it a name, which is how names come about. And so what God is saying to us is that his thoughts are communicated to us by putting images within our mind that allows us to see what he is saying. And so in order to do that, we then call those things into being. But the process that he's looking for, for us to get involved in, is the word becoming flesh. God has always intended that his thoughts, his words, which he used to say, let us make man in our image, becomes flesh, it manifests. And so we're looking to see this happen on a consistent basis. So when Jesus was moved with compassion, it was that voice in reaction to what he saw that the father would then link a thought, a word to say, they're without a shepherd or they're lost or they're in need of food, they're hungry. Something comes through a word form that registers in your mind, that gives you a reaction to what you see, and you are moved with compassion to carry something so carefully like a mother giving birth to a child. So you can imagine that that becomes a conception, like the seed planted within you, and something grows to become a solution to that situation. That's what happened with Jesus. He saw that the thousand who were following him were hungry. So what happens? He has compassion and then it begins. What's the process? Get them to sit down. Ah, what are we going to feed them with? Because remember the disciples are saying we've got no food. But then he says, well, is there anybody here that has any food? Ask for what's here. Now, the only reason he's asking that is because he's already got a thought from his father. Because from his father, he's already seeing that these people are fed. That's the vision he's been given. And so he now does, and we will discuss this in a subsequent message, what he sees or hears his father doing. And he says, bring me the five loaves and the two fishes which the young boy had. And Jesus took it, blessed it, and then broke it and fed everybody else. Can you see this, this pattern here? That he talked about his body being broken to feed the masses, to die for, to supply, to meet a need. And here he is taking five loaves and two fish and breaking it again so that it now becomes an impact, a solution to a flesh problem, which is hunger. 
God is saying to us that he's looking for us as his people to be that conduit, that road that he can rely on that will deliver something that is in the spiritual realm, that is his thought, his idea, his image that he's seeing, that he puts into your mind to now manifest on earth as it is in heaven. And like Jesus, the word becomes flesh. It manifests into this realm. That's what we're talking about. And so here we're looking and seeing that this compassion, again, Ephesians 5 verse 1 to 2 tells us, as I said, that how we should conduct ourselves. But it's talking about that if the Spirit, Romans 8, 11, that if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. So what it's saying here is that the Word of God quickens our bodies, impacts our bodies, so that we then can be in fused with his grace, his authority, makes us whole in him. And in so doing, we are also then moved with compassion to understand the need of another. And then the solution comes because God gives you the insight as to what to do. Hallelujah. God is letting us know that through compassion, and I want to just use, we've spoken about the Greek, the Hebrew version of this. I want to just talk today about the, the Greek. It says here, uh, it's called plachisonome. Okay, very odd pronunciation of words. The first part of the word is, uh, is splagchana, which means internal organs. Can you see this again? So, splagchisonome. Splag cheesy no me, okay? Now it almost sounds Italian. Um, it literally means to be moved so deeply <laughs> by something that you feel it in the pit of your stomach. Remember how we talked about a woman with, with, with this child? It, you feel it in the pit of your stomach. So whether you can pronounce the word or not, you're getting the explanation that God moves you till you feel that. That sense that, you know, God is, is, is moving you to act. The word is used by Jesus in the famous story of the prodigal son. And it talks about how the father, when he saw him coming, he was filled with splagchinizome. <laughs> and hopefully you can pronounce that better than me. This special combination of love and compassion. Um, that allows you to move this visceral, gut-wrenching, emotional response that says, I've got to do something. I am moved to act. I am moved with a, a desire to fulfill a meet and meet a need. It involves mercy. It involves this ability to say, yes, Lord, I want to change and transform this awful, distressing situation into your beauty into looking like you have been here. Can I tell you that God is saying that you, like his son, are the conduit to letting the word become flesh. That every time you say yes to God, every time you are obedient to God, the word is becoming flesh. That person who needed a bread, that person who needed finances, that person who needed a hug, that person who needed an encouraging word, and you hear it in your spirit, you're letting the word become flesh that God says bear one another's burdens and in so doing we are doing what Jesus has already done 
he broke his body for our purpose. His purpose was to save us from sin, to offer a sacrifice that would heal you and I, that through his blood we would be made whole and cleansed. And so his body was broken for his divine appointed purpose. I wonder if we could allow our bodies to be broken, that God would use us like the woman with the alabaster box who broke her wealthiest possession and anointed Jesus for, as a prophetic act. That was her purpose. I wonder what your purpose is that will allow you to feel it in your gut, to allow you to be moved with compassion, to say, this is my moment, this is my time, this is what I'm called and desired of God to do, that through his love pouring and flowing through me, through this desire to please him, I'm so now in tune with the, 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 the character of another person, the need of another person, that the, the anguish of another person, the solution for the planet. I'm looking around and saying, saying, God, what's the answer to this? And I'm so moved that I now begin to get insight from God who will deliver his word through a thought, maybe with an image, with a concept. And now I will now, as a conduit of that, moved heavily with compassion. And I will say, yes, Lord, let this now come through me. And I see it. I see what the answer is. Actually, you know what? We just need five loaves and, and, and five loaves and two fish. And we can feed how many people? We just need to say to Peter, who was trying to work and fish all night and caught nothing. Actually, if you cast your net on the other side, that was it. Because you're moved with compassion. You're moved to act and to voice and to say something. What will you be broken for so that somebody can be blessed by you? That somebody can be inspired and encouraged and have their needs met through you? The Bible tells us that we are to lay down our lives for each other. That's the greatest love. I want to say today that God is calling us in this season to be a solution, to be the answer to a need. But if we fail to have compassion, we are going to miss the mark. Because sometimes it might take you two years to carry this. You have to carry that child to full term. Too early, it's premature. Too late, there can be complications. You might have to carry it for five years to order to, in order to get to the conclusion of what that solution is. How full of compassion are you prepared to be? Because without the love that God has, we will be incapable of that. And God is saying, where are those that I can trust to be moved with compassion and to act, to go and to say, Lazarus, come forth, to be moved with compassion. As I said, to, to worry and cons be concerned about the hungry, to be concerned about the sick, to be concerned about those in lack and in need, to saying, God, I have a solution. Why can I not now just surrender myself and Lord let me be broken so that others can be poured out into or upon and I'm encouraging you today that God's plan 
is that you and I will become a solution in the earth. We can only do this if we are willing to be broken, if we are willing to surrender, if we are willing to be moved by that deep emotion of compassion that will express God's love. You were born to be a solution. You were born to solve a problem. God is saying today, if you will just open up your heart, let the love that you love for yourself, the love that you have for yourself, allow you to begin loving your neighbor. What can you do? We've talked about now praying and adopting each other's families, praying for another family, praying and taking on to heart until you see that change, not giving up, not forgetting, but being committed to taking it on like you're carrying something to full time. Watch what God will do. Together we can give birth to solution after solution. Let his love register in your heart. Let his peace overshadow you. And if you don't know him, allow his love to impact you because he loves you and loves the world. And so I want to say finally today that the only way you can accomplish this is if you're prepared to surrender to God. Stop fighting. Love yourself so you're not overly consumed with your own affairs. Get your house in order and let God do the work in you and watch what he will do through you. Let the word become flesh as we let the kingdom manifest on earth as it is in heaven. May God bless you today. May this word be a phrase that you use. The word is becoming flesh. The word is becoming flesh. I wonder how many times through your life you'll be able to see that happen as that word that God has manifests. May God bless you today.